0: This is Cowboy Jim's Stories Around the Campfire. A little while ago, I talked about some hazards of camping, and there are some more that I think are worth talking about. Some of them, to me, are very, very funny. Some of them cause a bit of angst with the things that went on. One of the things that I always stress when I'm camping is to make sure that your pots and pans your silverware, everything, that you clean it really well. A lot of people never understood why I liked doing the dishes when I was out on the backpack trip. It was because, number one, it was a great way to get my hands good and clean. and The other is that I wanted to make sure that my pans, my skillet, my silverware was all very clean because there are too many instances of people getting some sort of bug that causes a lot of intestinal distress when they don't clean their pots very well. One of the funny times I remember, because I wanted to make sure our pots were good and clean, Tom was with me, my son. We had been on a, we'd been on a rafting trip on the Youghiogheny River in Western Pennsylvania, and we were camped at a campground up above Ohio Pile. It, it had been a good trip, it, a lot of good things. We'd been backpacking first and then the rafting trip. And we're sitting there, and it was Tom's turn to do the dishes. He was in my food group. I told him, in no uncertain terms, being the dad and everything else, we had a little skillet there that looked kind of dirty and gungy and, and, I don't know what brought it about especially, but I really said, okay, Tom, I, I was gonna go off and do something else. And so when I come back, I really want that, that skillet absolutely clean. And I want that black all off of it. Now the black was on the bottom where we'd been using it many times and it was dirty and I'd wanted to have it good and clean. So I went away and I came back a little bit later and Tom was just finishing up with the scrubbing of the skillet. I was surprised it had taken him that long. But he was looking pretty satisfied. And he showed me the skillet. And there it was bright silver pan. And the black was gone where I'd said the problem was the black was also gone on the inside. It was a Teflon skillet, and he had taken a a scrubber, and he had scrubbed the whole thing using it, and he'd taken off all the Teflon as well. I could not believe it. At first, I think I was upset, thinking he was just trying to be smart or funny, and then it dawned on me that he had taken me at my word. I wanted all the black off of that skillet. I looked over at one of the other kids that actually he'd been in our food group too. His name was Henry. And he was just bending over. He was just dying from laughter because when he saw what happened, he knew what what all was going on. So Tom did get all the black off. We also had a skillet we couldn't use any longer. But like I said, I want to really be careful with that. We were on a family backpacking trip going up Turkey Creek, and it was uh, three or four families, I guess, four families, and Ann and myself, and at that time it was Carrie and Tom. We weren't going far, but it was a good adventure for a family to go on, and so we hadn't gone far the first day. They had been at base camp first for a couple of days and learned a few things. Things that we taught with survival and camping, and then we went on the trip. And I don't remember if it was the first night, I think it was really the second night. I didn't really know much about it until the next morning. And we got out of our tent, and there, just right by the other tents, there was toilet paper on the ground. And then you could see where people had been using the bathroom. Three of the other families had gotten a terrible case of the runs, diarrhea. So badly that one of them didn't even make it outside the tent. I don't know exactly what happened. I believe that they had not washed their pans as carefully as. I had instructed, or perhaps as they thought, whatever the case, they were some really sick people there for about twelve or maybe sixteen hours. We didn't go any farther that day. We had to clean up the mess and that we didn't get as far as we wanted on that particular little backpacking trip. But it really taught me a lesson. Make sure you clean things. There was another one. It wasn't us, it was a friend. Paul, he ran some wilderness camps too, and he was up by Four Mile Lake one time with a group of campers, and these campers, what he was doing was mostly from inner city kids in Denver, and it was a little different sort of a camp, but they had backpacked up there. I do think that maybe Paul used horses to carry some of the stuff, but they got up there, and instead of going to another campsite like we would do. We would usually stay at a place just one night and then keep going. They stayed there for three days, Paul told me, and they did stuff each day from there. And one night they were playing games, probably something like either capture the flag or something out there in the woods. Nobody else was around. And Paul was wandering around and he looked down and he said, oh, these kids... They just litter everywhere. And he reached down, and there were, there were pieces of paper everywhere. So he was conscientious, and he started picking up all those pieces of paper. And then suddenly he realized he was right where the common latrine had been, and he was actually picking up the toilet paper from all the campers. When he told me that, I about died laughing. I mean, there are hazards to camping. And when you're out in the woods, there aren't bathrooms like you think. And so we always had to teach the protocol for using the bathroom out in the woods. We would tell people about you dig a little trench. Everybody had their own little trowel or at least a, between two people, a little trowel that they could go out and dig a, just a little hole. We told them you don't dig deep. You're not trying to bury it way down in China or something. Uh, You just dig a a little hole and you do your business. You bury your toilet paper. If it's really wet and rainy weather, you can burn that toilet paper. But if it's dry, you can't do that. And then you cover it back up and it it will quickly break down and will just enrich the soil. We teach that a lot. But Paul was using a common latrine and he got to pick up all the toilet paper right there. You got to watch out for that. One of the things that we taught over the years, backpacking all the time, was a no trace sort of camping. What that means is you try to have as little impact on the environment as possible. And I know that there are those who are purists and they say, well, we won't even do a fire or anything like that. We weren't like that. We felt like fires were good and helpful to us, but at the same time to try to have a low impact. And so what we would do is take one of our little camping shovels and dig out just a little piece of sod and set it off to one side and then if we use rocks for a fire ring or whatever we would do it there and we would cook over that fire. I would especially play a game with it and I would have the campers, I would usually have one fire that I did stuff by and when we were ready to leave the next day I would challenge them to try to find where my fire was. Because I took great pains and probably too much pride in being able to hide where I'd been. Uh, Where my tent was, I did the best to stand up the grass. Where my fire was, I made sure everything was uh, completely burnt. Or if there were big pieces, I would scrape off the coals from that, make sure everything was out, and uh, get rid of that wood And then I would replace the piece of sod exactly the way it'd been, scatter a little bit of dirt around, stand up the grass. And there were many times that they could not find my fireplace. And they did theirs the same way. It was just a great way to do things. And so that's why we were very careful, even with our bathroom facilities and doing that. We did not want to leave big traces on the ground or where we had been and of course not make it uncomfortable or nasty for other people who might be camping there later on. There were many times that we were able to stay in lean-tos in various parts of the country. Out in Colorado, we really didn't hike where there were lean-tos made. If there were lean-tos, we had made them. But in the east, We hiked in a lot of places where there were lean tos up on Mount Marcy and New York and that whole area. Um, In uh, Vermont and New Hampshire, there were lean tos along the trail, and we would use those when we could. It saves a lot of just having to set up tents, and usually they're pretty comfortable. One time we were at one, we were hiking. Mount Marcy. Mount Marcy is really a really pretty neat mountain to climb up. It's the highest mountain in New York, and when you get to the top, if it's a clear day, you can see for a long ways. Getting up there is really an adventure. There's a lot of bears in that area, and so you have to always keep that in mind. The trail that we often took was along Avalanche Lake. There was a spot there as you go along Avalanche Lake where Someone years ago had built a boardwalk out over the lake at one spot because there were cliffs that you couldn't get up. And then there were other places where they built uh, really sturdy log ladders to go up and down. It's really quite a trail. And you get past Avalanche Lake and you get to Colden Pond. And it was a spot we often stopped at, like for lunch. It was really a neat place because there was a little waterfall kind of going over the dam there. We would often go there and sit down underneath that falls, cool off. It was really a fun place to go when when the weather was pretty nice. We'd get everything and go on up to the next lean-to. I think it was called Feldspar. And we would get up there and would camp there. One night, we were there, and it was kind of a rainy night and everybody stayed inside the lean to and it was pretty crowded there like that, but it worked okay. And we had some girls with us and guys. And so I was in the middle and my daughter, Carrie, was next to me. That's how we divided between the two. Everybody was nice and dry and a little bit crowded. And I will remember one night, one of our leaders, his name was Mike Mike was a great guy. He was with us two or three years and helping with so many things, and we liked him a lot. But until then, we did not know that he talked in his sleep. And that night, suddenly, in the loudest voice you can imagine, here's Mike, and he kind of sits up in a sleeping bag, and he starts saying, Well, we went to uh, Avalanche Lake and then on the Colden Pond, We turned there and went up to Feldspar and then he just laid down and went back to sleep. The rest of us are just dying laughing. I don't know if we will ever forget Mike's big documentary of the trip that he had no idea that he was doing. My son Tom was telling me again the other day about a time that they were with some friends it was just going to be just, oh, I think four or five of them on a backpack trip down West Virginia area. They were going and suddenly right at the end, there were a whole lot more of their friends wanted to go. And and so they let them they all go. And one night they they got to a, a lean to and it was like super crowded. He said everybody was so tight. You couldn't even really turn over. But he and his friend Josh laid there, and everybody's complaining about how tight they are and they can't turn over. And he and Josh acted like they had room between them and they were like playing a chess game, and the chessboard was set up, and they're just pretending to do that and talking like that. And it was kind of dark and nobody could see. And he said, Everybody else was hollering at them and yelling at them and saying, we don't have room to move. You guys have to get closer together. You can't have room for a game. And he and Josh Davidson just kept playing their pretend game. They had no more room at all, but they just pretended like they did. I was at one lean-to on a trip we had. We were going up part of the long trail, or no, we were in Vermont at that point. We got there and we were setting things up and I was trying to just rest. And I realized there'd been a lot of porcupines around. You could just see their tracks. And then suddenly I saw a few quills and the whole area you could tell where porcupines had been. And uh, this particular one, I was trying to set things up so we could all use the lean-to. And I turned around and put my hand down right into a bunch of porcupine quills. That really hurt. I had escaped porcupine quills until that moment. I had to very carefully work them out of my hand. lean can be a lot of fun. They can certainly be a lot of help, but there are hazards to them too if you're not careful. Other hazards of camping, of course, are just boys being boys. Sometimes we just do things to see what will happen. <laughs> it's not always a good thing. I wouldn't recommend this, but Ben and his friends were on a backpack trip on the Loyal Sock Trail up in Pennsylvania. And one night as there a place and just all guys, all friends, just talking, carrying along, they'd run into a big hornet's nest earlier that day, and they had to get around it and actually outrun some of those hornets. They got to a place, and they had a nice campfire set up, and they get to talking, and like boys would do, started wondering, I wonder what would happen if we threw this lighter into the fire. They talked about it a little bit more and then decided to do it, and it was my son, Ben, who decided to be the one who would do it. So he took one of the little lighters he had and threw it into the campfire and they all backed off a bit. And he told me later, he said it was the biggest, loudest explosion you can imagine. It sent fire flying everywhere. Fortunately, it was not a super dry area and they could put everything out. It was loud And they realized that was probably a little bit dangerous. So they didn't do it again. And I just thought I'd mention that one because hazards of camping sometimes can just, boys being boys. We've been places where the wind was blowing so bad on the campground. I always used to wonder when you bought a new tent why it had extra rope with it. Until we got to that one campground up in British Columbia. Wind was blowing so hard that I actually used those ropes to hold down the tent for that night. We only stayed there one night. It would have been really difficult to stay there for a, for a long time. <laughs> there are a lot of different hazards of camping, aren't there? Well, that's enough about hazards of camping, at least for right now. There's probably more that will come in another month or two. Right now, this is Cowboy Jim's Stories Around the Campfire. I'll see you next time.